0: I love taking things apart and figuring out how they work and trying to see what else I can do with it. I would, in the middle of loading a game, I would stop it abruptly and let it crash. And then it would show me some code, I write that down, change a word here and there and see what that does. And that's where my passion for tech came from.
1: That's George Malika, CEO and co-founder of Volta Wallet. Now, Volta Wallet is a cryptocurrency wallet that wants to democratize cryptocurrency. Their aim is to make blockchain more accessible and seamless for the everyday user, no matter what their background is. In this episode, we talk about working on the worst part of the company, the nuance of being a co-founder, and stepping back from the problems to see the whole picture. I'm Maureen Taylor. This is Think Like a Founder. tell us a little bit about the company and the mission and what you're doing, because people would love to hear that.
0: The idea or the mission that we were set out to accomplish with this is we wanted to build tools for people to come in and start using crypto. We want to bring in new people that are just trying to do more with crypto than just buying and holding. The promise of crypto is to change the whole financial world, the whole financial system, From being dependent on intermediaries and having to go through agents to do just the most basic thing and being controlled that way is to have the freedom to, for money movement, freedom to use your money online without having to trust the counterparty. But the tools right now that are available are very hard to understand. The concepts are very different. And we wanted to solve that problem. To open up the doors for everyone to just come in and be able to use the thing that we've been working on for like 10 years now.
1: So this is a good way of then making it not only a good product, solving a problem, but also helping people understand this way of operating that might not.
0: And open up doors for them to like explore new ideas, new concepts. Yeah.
1: Were you into crypto from the very beginning?
0: Not the very beginning, but very early on. Like I started in crypto in 2013. That was right after we failed on the very first startup that we did. I was actually looking on, uh, maybe I should find a job at Coinbase. And my co-founder was like, "Uh, no, what about if we just start a business here in crypto? So we started thinking of ideas, okay, what would we start? And based on my experience in fintech and building trading systems, we built a trading company for, for crypto. So started that in 2013, got into YC the following year, spent like 80 years there. Then decided to take a break, and how co-founders love the uh, the stress of the job, I decided to start a new company. <laughs>
1: kind of like a, an emergency room doctor. You, you can't help it. Or a fire person.
0: Very good analogy, because you're always putting out fires in startups.
1: So you know it's interesting. One of the characteristics we find founders also have this innate curiosity that you almost can't help but find out how things are going. And some people do it with people. Some people do it with machines. But taking a look at something and pulling it apart and putting it back together again. It's almost like you can't help it. When you were a young kid in Egypt, you taught yourself how to code by breaking computer games on old cassette tapes. Now, along with that curiosity, almost everyone in your family, parents, brothers, uncles, aunts, had started their own businesses. Tell us about that kind of upbringing and how did it influence where you are today?
0: That really is how I got started in computers. I got my first computer when I was about nine years old. I've always been a thinker. I love taking things apart and figuring out how they work and trying to see what else I can do with them. I would, in the middle of loading a game, I would stop it abruptly and let it crash. And then it would show me some code. I'll write that down, change a word here and there and see what that does. And that's where my passion for tech came from.
1: Was your family supportive or did they think you were a weirdo?
0: <laughs> my parents were very supportive. they always loved seeing me like just breaking things apart. The first time I broke things apart was a a brand new projector that my dad got like years and years ago. My mom was not very happy because I couldn't put it back together, (laughs) but that was the very first thing I took apart to try to see how it works. My dad always encouraged it though. My dad also likes to build stuff and he loves seeing that in me. You learn so much from it, like better than just reading a book because it's right there in your hands. You can put things back together a different way learn how things are actually interacting with each other, how the small pieces make up a big hole. A very small chip that does maybe add in ones and zeros turns into like this awesome AAA game that is photorealistic. Like how does that actually work?
1: Tell us about your other company because the company you're with now isn't your first. What got you to do the first one? What ignited you to be able to be that brave?
0: Watching my dad building his own company and going from zero to like the success that he's had, I've always wanted to start my own business and I've tried different things, trying to figure out what's the best way to get to success as an entrepreneur. And eventually, I think back in 2012 is when I first started my first startup. It's very difficult to be an entrepreneur. It's even more difficult on your first startup. You learn so much because it's very different from what you expect it to be. The problems are different and there is no help. No matter what you think, if you have this investor, that investor, it's all on the entrepreneur, on the founder. Even if you hire employees, like you look up to you to guide them, to set the tone of the company set the strategy, basically everything falls on the founder. That company did not do well and learning from the failure of the first business. I basically like, looked at the problem in a different way. It's not just like, I want to start a business, but it's like, what uh, vertical, what problem am i solving for people? And building on my experience and knowing what I'm good at and the problem that we're trying to solve, we figured out like, what is the solution we can build here? We built that and we built this like amazing company that kept growing. We kept hiring people. We literally started in a garage, just two of us for about a year and a half hired a first employee in the second year. We were a handful of people for several years. But then the success kept building up and the team kept growing. And today, I think over 80. The key to success in any company is literally that team you build, especially early on. It sets the tone for everything else you're going to do in the company and it uh, will dictate the direction it will take. Whether it's going to be like a fast-moving company, a driven company that is driving towards success, or what have you. And the way for us, like when we are looking for people to hire, culture is like a very big deal for us. There has to be someone that is very driven, that can keep pace with the way we work because we try to move as fast as possible, trying to find a product market fit and get to the company the next stage. They have to be like nimble, smart, obviously, and very good at what they do. But beyond these core skills that pretty much everybody's looking for, someone that really understands what it is to work at a startup. It's not your typical job that you can have. Startups are just a whole different beast. Things change quite often. You might start with one idea for the company. you're going to build H, y and Z, but things change so much you end up with something completely different, but it will feel very organic because of the way the company is just evolving.
1: The people are what do it. So the human operating system and how it works together is key for efficiency, productivity, and success. And so the culture of of course, is so important.
0: Yeah, no, it's actually a very critical part of the culture. And people can be competitive, even competitive with each other. But at the end of the day, they have to really like work with each other. Being at a startup, you're always fighting for survival. This is not like Microsoft where... You're default alive the whole time, nothing will ever happen to you at every day. There's the threat of this company can just like fold, can fail, or something can really bad happen to it and everything would be gone. So you're really battling and you're looking to your coworkers as your buddies, like you're in this battle together. So if you're battling with each other, that's just another factor in that will be detrimental to the company. Everything is just against the startup to fail and you're trying to make it succeed against all odds.
1: It's hard to know when you've built the right team, but there are some moments that just made it clear for you. It was looking around at your very first company Christmas party at eFox. What was that moment like for you?
0: That was actually a very, very cool moment. We are a remote first company, and everybody works from home in different states, so we don't get a chance to work with each other in person that often. So we make it a point to at least holidays or make events where we bring the whole team together. That first Christmas party where we brought the whole team together is, was the first time I saw the whole crew come together in one room. And it was very rewarding. You see this huge team that is filling up a room. Like I remember when we first started, my co-founder and I, it was just the two of us with our wives in the restaurant just got a table and we were fine. But here we have to reserve a room, we have to like set the menus, But this whole work, right? On top of that is seeing them interact with each other, seeing how like the relationship they built on Slack actually fit into real life and they're very close and they like each other, they're having all this fun and you can't help but feel proud of, well, you made that happen.
1: That's very true. Yeah, relationships in the work community that are positive. For a founder, that's fun. If you don't think it's fun, you you shouldn't be doing
0: it. I'm sure you've seen it yourself too. Like founders go through a ton, (laughs) a ton. And uh, I was actually listening to this one interview. I forget who said it, but he said founders or even like CEOs, executives, they always work on the worst part of the company. The problems that no one else is working on, it falls onto the founder. And they always hear mostly just the problems. So it's a very stressful position to be in. All you're seeing is the bad things. And like when good things happen, you get to celebrate it, but it's short-lived. You need to move on to the next problem that you're trying to solve so the company can still be alive tomorrow. Unless you're enjoying this kind of stuff, don't try it.
1: (laughs) There is something about being that close to the nerve of making something happen and having it be successful is a constant effort. And you do want to celebrate, but the focus is on always trying to be better or make it um, more effective. So certainly that has to be fun or it's a total drag. You have to actually enjoy it. What's the best advice you ever got?
0: I think the best advice I got was teaching me how to really understand people better. Always been really good at machines, but not as good with Understanding how, what well, like one makes people do the things they do, right? Like, understanding their incentives and trying to put myself in their shoes and understanding how important incentives are. Not everybody's in it for the same goal. People have their own goals for their career. Some want to um, maybe make the most money they can. Some just like the challenge. And trying to put the right people in the right positions that grows them both personally and professionally is, like, really what they derive value from. I did that really early on in my career and it all was paid in spades. That's
1: really good. Think of the twelve-year-old listening to that. That's great advice. It's become very fashionable for some folks who help startups to tell a founder to go find a co-founder.
0: My second company was a YC company. And that was like one of the um, most important things they push you to do. Like, don't be a solo founder. Always try to find a co-founder, at least one, and build a company that way. And their point was, even though you might have already built some tech, you already got some customers, even though you have all that already done, the future is way bigger than whatever you've done in the past. So you might've spent like a year or two years on the company, but it's still worthwhile to bring in this co-founder that will still build 10, 20 years in the company, you can't hire a co-founder. CEO is different. Whatever you hire, you can let him go if it doesn't work out. Break up with a co-founder is a huge deal. It's like a divorce and a marriage. And finding them is actually a lot more difficult than a lot of people can imagine it's not just finding some of the really good fit for the idea that you're building, it's not just someone that you like working with, but it's someone that you can really be in the trenches with someone that you really trust. So it can't be someone you don't know, to be honest. For me, I don't like you both times, both co-founders, we were very close friends and we had worked together for a long time. So we had this relationship going in and. For each one of those companies, they have two different co-founders. And for each one of those uh, companies, that was a great fit for that company. But before that, we knew each other personally. We knew how each other worked, and we know what to expect.
1: It has to be somebody that you would sit at the kitchen table and talk with about just about anything. It doesn't mean you have to be best friends, but trust as far as... How they treat people and how they treat money has to be the same. Your values have to be very similar.
0: It's a very lonely job to be a founder. It's hard to relate to it. You can talk to your friends about it, but if they haven't done it, they really won't get 90% of what you're saying, what the problems that you're describing are, and very hard to relate to. That's one of the like benefits of having a co-founder is that someone you can talk to on a constant basis that knows all the problems you know, because not everybody can know all the problems. People just quit. (laughs) So having that ear and someone to like complain to and get ideas from is a huge plus.
1: Actually, a partnership that you can talk to somebody. And yet still one of the uh, common emotional aspects of founder or co-founder leader is that it is lonely. And lonely is something that can make you sad, unless you realize that part of the loneliness is because you are responsible for how something works. So that puts you in a different level. Also, you get the freedom of being able to call the shots. It's an interesting balance, if you love the freedom to be able to call the shots. And also, you know that you're responsible for these living human beings and the success and how it works and getting the money and making the payroll and making taxes and all that kind of stuff that wobble there is pretty heavy and you better like it because it is lonely. How do you deal with insecurity and do you have imposter syndrome?
0: Oh, big side. <laughs> As a founder, especially early on in a company, most of the time you're seeing the problems, Before you're the problems for that's what needs to be solved. You get the sense of, okay, everything's just bad, right? Like there's just problems because that's all you see. There's a lot of things to deal with here. That will make you doubt a lot of things, but then eventually you need to like step back, look at the whole picture, look at the team, look at what you've built, what they've built, take pride in that and brings it back down to earth. Like it's not all his problems. We've built like an amazing thing here, no matter like how it ends up being just the journey itself is pretty enjoyable.
1: That was George Malika, CEO and co-founder of Volta Wallet, a cryptocurrency wallet breaking down the complexities of the crypto ecosystem to empower everyday users. For more information, you can go to Volta Wallet. That's Volta, V as in Vicky, O-L-T-A Wallet, dot i I'm Maureen Taylor. Thanks for listening. series producer is mike sullivan sound design by mark ream content and scripting by jacelyn drown and katherine hardy production coordinator is natasha thomas thanks also to selena persiani shell john hughes and ren barra